0: Huh, good, morning. good morning. Good morning. A little, little better weather for coming to church this morning than last week, if you remember. I'm glad you're here, glad you're in the house of the Lord this morning. We have been talking about the blessed principle the last few weeks, and, and, the, and last Sunday and this Sunday we're talking about God's story and our story. And what does it mean to share our story? To enter into God's story and let him work his transforming power in us. We just read from our statement of faith and, and sang a song about our, our, our creed, our, our belief, our commitment to Jesus Christ. And one of the things that happens when we, when we allow God's story to permeate our lives is that the, doctor, the gospel takes root and the transforming power of Jesus is seen. Uh, as we'll see a little bit later in the sermon, the gospel is confirmed in us. And so as we begin our worship time today... Ken Kleindl and Gracelyn Kleindl are here to share a story of God's transforming power. I can't wait for you to hear it. I can't wait for Ken to share it this morning. I'm going to pray for you, Ken, and for our time together this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so grateful to be in this house of worship today, to lift up your holy name, to remind ourselves of your great transforming power and, and It's all because of your shed blood. It's all because you paid the penalty for our sins that we can know your life. And so I pray your blessing on Ken as he shares this morning, that you would calm his nerves and that you would give him the confidence to share your story in his life. And may your name be praised. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Okay, there
1: you go. Morning. You have to excuse me, I forgot my reading glasses this morning, so I'm going dark. All <laughs> right. I was born in Minneapolis and raised by my mother till I was five years old. The only memories I have of my mother are those of physical and emotional abuse. There was a police officer that lived across the hall of the apartment building we lived in, and even though I am old, I had an older sister and a younger brother. That police officer came and took only me away from my mother. I was put into child protection services. I, I was in f- several foster homes till I landed in foster care in Fridley. The family had three boys of their own and a father. The idea of a father was a new concept for me. My birth mother must have gotten her act together a couple years later because I went back to live with her. The foster parents that I was living with told the caseworker that if things didn't work out, they would like for me to come back to their family. Well, things did not work out with my birth mother, so back into the system I went. I was traveling around from foster home to foster home, till I was placed in a home for children at the age of eight. A year later, the foster family from Fridley started inquiring how I was. When they found out I was home for ch- in a home for children, they started the process of bringing me back to their home. Well, I was finally approved, so my case manager returned me to their house. I, rem- I remember telling her how to get there and which house it was. So from the age of nine, I was raised by a loving and religious foster family. I developed a knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. I even went to a Lutheran private school through the eighth grade. To this day, I still call them mom and dad. And of course, can't forget my brothers, even though they were never around because they were in college. I also got to do volunteer work with my mom at Billy Graham events, and even and every summer, I worked in a booth at the Minnesota State Fair for our church. I was even in cadets, which is a religious form of Boy Scouts. I was 17 when I moved out away from home. It was a new world of choices to make. I moved to Howard Lake, Minnesota to get out of my family's home to be able to make my own choices. It didn't go as well as I expected it to. It turned out to be too small of a town. me. So I moved to Excelsior, Minnesota. I strayed away from religious upbringing. I started hanging out with the wrong crowd and started to get into hard drugs, which led to stealing to pay for my drug use, which led to prison at St. Cloud. I was 19. After prison, I laid low, worked at various restaurants, framed houses, didn't go back to the hard drugs, but stuck to pot and alcohol. I was living in sin. Throughout this time, when I would go back to visit my parents, they would bring me to church, and I would start to get on the straight and narrow. But life pulled me away from God's intent. When I was 39, I met my wife on a blind date at the Renaissance Festival. Three years later, I proposed to her on the bridge of the Renaissance Festival, the same place we had our blind date. We got married at the Moravian Church in Chaska. We started to go to church together at first, then life got in the way. She had two kids from a previous relationship. My wife always told me she was done having kids as her kids were in high school. I was fine with that. I didn't think I could have kids. Well, six years ago (laughs) she came up to me and said we need to go get a pregnancy test. We did two tests. They both came up positive. She told me again she was done. I begged her to have this child for me. I promised I would do anything, including diapers, giving it a bath, getting up with her. She gave in, giving me the biggest gift I ever wanted. We found out we were going to have a girl, and it was time to pick out a name. I spoke up and said I wanted to choose her first name. I decided on Grace for the meaning of God's Riches at Christ's Expense. She let me, but she had to add to it. We had Gracelyn and Quindle on August 14, 2014. She meant the world to me. I did everything for her, with the exception of taking care of her hair and buying her clothes. <laughs> after a long illness, my wife died from kidney failure three days after Gracelyn's fourth birthday. After that, I started drinking more and became depressed. Anxiety kicked in, and my focus was on me instead of taking care of my daughter. On July 23, 2019, Chaska Police found my daughter at the park three houses away from ours, and I was nowhere to be found. The officer knew who she was from my previous volunteer work with the police department. They took her into custody, saying I was neglecting her. After this happened, I went into isolation thinking people would juggle me or judge me, sorry, or think something bad about me. I was angry with the decision of taking my daughter. A week later, I spoke with my attorney before court. She told me everything I do from now on is not for me, but for Graceland. That hit me hard, and I knew it was true, which kicked me into gear to figure out what I needed to do. I stopped drinking that day, haven't had a drop since. The journey to get my daughter back has taken me to numerous therapies, counseling sessions, parenting classes, outpatient treatment, and to celebrate recovery here at Valley. Through these different recovery programs, my daughter and my relationship has grown stronger than before she was taken into custody. I have learned things over the last six months that have taught me that it is okay to ask for help. That has always been hard for me to do. When my daughter was taken from me, it hit a nerve for my own experience of being taken from my mother. I could not let the same thing happen to her and have asked God to guide me to be the best parent I can. I received a call one day and I was referred to this group at Valley Free Church on Tuesday nights. I figured I would check it out rather than just sitting at home. I sat at this table trying to eat before the meeting, but people kept coming up introducing themselves. (laughs) I was talking with this guy named Peter for the rest of the dinner. I was no longer nervous about being there. I don't think I've missed a meeting since. Peter has now become my sponsor and my friend. I didn't know the program was religious-based, which didn't bother me. As I kept coming to CIR, I started praying and talking to God. I've always known I was a sinner and that Jesus Christ had died for my sins and have now accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Grayson was returned to me December 20th for a six-month home trial visit. On January 30th, I got full custody returned to me. He also said that I should be a mentor for other people. Because it was one for the record books. These cases usually last a year. On January 23rd, I told Grayson we were going for a walk. I knew that the police officer that took her from me was going to be at a meeting in our neighborhood. I got there early so I could talk to her. When she got, a, when she got out of her car, Grayson ran up to her and gave her a hug. I then proceeded to thank her for what she did. I told her how much closer we are as a family and how I had cleaned up my life. It was the first time I ever got a big hug from a police officer. <laughs> it was also the first time I ever saw a police officer cry. I walked home feeling like I was walking on air and I could do, all, sorry, all I could do was look up and say, thank you, Jesus. I think that was the first night I got a good night's sleep. I'd like to thank this congregation for letting my daughter and I into this newfound family and help us learn more of God's word. I believe God has transformed my life for a reason and I am committed to following him. Thank you.